Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. All right. All Podcast right. number five. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> We did it, Evan. Even I know. I feel. I feel like you know. Like once we hit the double digits, then then you the know, double digits. Once okay. once the double digits hit, I I mean, well, you know what? I'm not gonna put anything on it. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna make any yeah. rules. But you know what? It is good for people to hear that these are the beginning ones. These are this where we is, started. This is where it all began. Yeah, I mean, because you know, it's a learning experience, and I think it's really good for this particular podcast we're talking about. Yes, yes, we uh, actually. Had a had a brief discussion, yeah, <laughs> a brief discussion about what we might talk about, which doesn't happen very often. But here we go. Not so, so far. Not so far. <laughs> it was not very much preparation, but here we go. What were the um, words you were, you had? Yeah, uh, there's uh, three words that probably years ago I remember writing about this um, in terms of when I was starting to form uh, ideas about what I thought acting was. Mm. Uh, and and I realize again, like with so many things that we've talked about, it it moves into lots into any other creative field, really. Uh, but these three these three words that came up for me, and it was exploration, experience, and expression. Hmm. So I guess I should elaborate upon elaborate. that to Take some degree. Yeah, you know, and and I I suppose anyone could take that and find all kinds of different meaning within it. Um, but the exploration for me in art is huge. It, it means to me, I I liked it because for me, it incites an idea of being, um, kind of pioneering, you know, breaking new ground, like finding something that hasn't been found before. Mm. And as an artist, I feel that that's something that you do within yourself, Mm. you know, even within a body of material as an actor, you know, you're looking at something and now you're exploring that you're exploring that within yourself and, and seeing where that could go, right. To discover something. And then after that, there's experience. So there's the exploration and it leads to an experience of something, an understanding of something that's within you. Hmm. And then there's expression which is and however that comes out. So in acting, that's all right, the expression, whatever, if it's on stage, if it's on camera, what have you, or it could be within the written word, it could be within a canvas, right? But it's this, this sort of progression in a way mm. of things in terms of creating a body of work. Hmm. Well, I, mean, I think uh, the thing that I was thinking about as we were talking about this too is, as you talk about those, is um, the willingness to kind of like, you know, play and make mistakes. And that was something we were discussing is like, you know, that there is no real, there is no real way to get it right, you know, and that this whole thing is, in a sense, the moment you think there is a way to get it right, you're kind of like trapped, you're kind of like lost in it all. And, um, 
you know, and I think in the last blog post, we were talking a little about, about rules and things like that. Whereas if you just follow the rules, that's all about getting it right. But as important as it is to understand the rules is like, you know, where's the, like, you don't want to lose that sense of play and exploration and the kind of like, let's try this and see what happens. And maybe it doesn't work. But I think if you're always willing to, to try and see what happens, that's where you're really going to learn. You're going to explore. And the expression element of it to me is like, you know, uh, Tony Robbins talks about how when you make a decision, your decision is never made until you actually take action on that decision. And so I think of expression is kind of like, that's that action. That's yeah. the, that's the point where you actually take all this internal world and you go, okay, let's see what happens when I try it. You know, I think like people who are really funny, who can crack really great jokes, they often have <laughs> most likely, I don't know anybody who's, who's funny, who hasn't done this, but they've usually bombed a lot of jokes beforehand because they were willing to try it and see if it worked, and then they, oh, it didn't work, okay, and then they try something else, and then they, they end up eventually getting a sense of humor, you know? Yeah. Right? <laughs> and and oftentimes, I, I love a comedian who, when they're telling their joke, it's almost like they're discovering it for the first time. Right. Like, they're coming, like, even though it has been, they've they've worked this out to a large degree, and I'm sure a good portion of, of we should have comedians sometime yeah, on the show. Comedians, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, totally. Um, but like, there's no per, I'm no routine is ever the same. Guaranteed is ever the same. Something comes out a little bit differently in within the moment. You know, it's like something comes out a different way and it kills mm-hmm. way more than it did when they were when they were working on on the joke itself because something happens in the moment. Yeah, that adds inspiration to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, that's also what I, I teach in, in my, in my acting class, um, is these little things that you have to be open to, right? Like you have to, you have to be available and open to letting something happen that you didn't expect to happen because Mm -hmm. that's when the gems really, really occur. Yeah, totally. You know, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because I mean, I think my focus these days is definitely more on writing, but, um, writing is a lot like that too. You know, a lot of time I go into a scene and I, I've worked out in the plot line and all that stuff and my outline, how the script's going to go. And then when you get into it, if you like, like I should say, when I am open to anything can happen now that I kind of have this idea, it's, those are usually the best scenes where, when I'm so clear on what's going to happen, it's usually a little bit more contrived, I suppose. Um, but sometimes you'll write a scene or I should say, I write a scene and it changes my whole outline. And I'm just like, and I know this, uh, this happens to me a lot personally. It's like, there's this guy that planned it. And then there's this guy that lives it. And the guy that lives it tells the guy who planned it, he's like, nah, it doesn't really work that way. This is more how it works. And the guy who planned it goes, oh, I had this plan and it actually wasn't. And so then the guy who lived it, who actually wrote the scene, comes back to the guy who planned it. And the guy who planned it goes, you know, you should make some new plans because we just went this way. <laughs> and I think that there's uh, there's two types of people that are writing, you know, internally, yeah. writing the script. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? <laughs> and then sometimes if you go like the guy who's, who's actually doing it and writing it. <laughs> It's just hits a point and then they go, oh, wait, what am I doing next? And yeah. then you got to go back to the guy who planned it. And you're just like, well, 
this is what, you know, right. the plan was. And it's like, oh, okay. All right, well, maybe I'll do this with that, you yeah. know? And then you and then you take it in the direction it's it's going to go. Well, but yeah, it's, totally. Yeah, it all, it all has to be done. At some point, it all has to be done in the moment. Yeah, at some point. Like, it's it's inevitable. Yeah. There's no way of getting around it. Like, the, the outline, the plan is not the actual thing. Well, <laughs> it is not the actual piece. Yeah, and you can be paralyzed by planning, you know? And I yeah. think that, uh, you know, and, and when I talk about paralyzed, I mean, I, I think people can plan so much that they don't take any action because they just spend all their time planning. Because at a certain point, you know, I found this a lot, especially working with people writing scripts, that usually people will fight me on the whole structure planning point, but then they'll start to do it and they'll like it so much that they'll actually stop writing the actual stuff. And I think that we get a certain inertia or like a comfort in doing a certain thing. Also where people go, I don't want to plan. I just want to write. And both, both go off track. You know what I mean? You kind of almost need to meet. It's a marriage. You need to meet in the middle. You need to have a little bit of planning and a little bit of action. But you know, it's funny, like I always find it funny when people who have never made a movie critique a movie. And I always, I always think that's always yeah. so interesting because it's like, oh, you know, I didn't do this or I would have done that or whatever. And it's like, well, okay, sure. Okay, great. From an idealistic point of view, yes, you would have done that. But let's consider, um, you know, budget restraints, time restraints, the fact that your actor was a diva and was only there for a day. Um, the fact, you know, the fact that you had this producer breathing down your neck, the fact that the sun was going down, the fact that you guys overshot this other scene because of blah, 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 you know, and whatever factors that came in. And so then when you come back and you critique a film and you say, oh, they could have done that better. And you, and you don't think about all the reality data that actually got it done. It's like, well, okay. You know, everybody's opinion is valid, but you know, some people when they have never done the thing, don't come from a place of like, you know, their opinion of the filmmaking is, is a little bit less based on the reality of what it takes to get that done. Whereas like, you know, I find that sometimes people who are more grounded, their feedback can be a little bit more compassionate to the, to not to say that, you know, everybody wants to reach for ideals. You know, we all do, but you know, at a certain point, you know, and, and you could, you could argue the other point, which is that, well, they didn't do the due diligence. They didn't do the work. They didn't do the planning. They hired the they hired the wrong people. They did whatever they did to create the scenario right. where they couldn't create the ideal situation. So both points are valid, but I find it very interesting. You know what I mean? But I do think that action speaks a lot louder than ideals a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? Well, the uh, as I as I read once upon a time, <laughs> mm. the the smallest of deeds is better than the grandest of intentions. <laughs> you like it? <laughs> I do. I do. That's good. It is. You know, it's, uh, yeah, like it's, uh, eventually it's, you've got to, you've got to give up the, the ultimate idea because, uh, and I, I think we've talked about this before too, where it's just like, you know, the, the thinking about something makes it impossible. Yes. In some ways, you know, if you just keep thinking about something, it makes it impossible because you go, how can it ever be done? And then action makes it, makes it possible. 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think at some point you just got to, you know, you just got to do the thing, you know. And I think this is where we come into what you're talking about, which is this whole thing of failure and making mistakes and messing up and playing. Like, if I remember my first film that I made, I was 16 years old, and I really just grabbed a bunch of friends together and I wrote this little tiny little script. I didn't know what I was doing. And, this, you know, in a lot of ways it was a mess. But if I was worried about it being perfect, I probably would have never made a film. And then I probably would have never been a filmmaker. And I probably would never be here talking about yeah. this. But I did. And I think the thing is, is at the end of the day, um, as you develop in your craft and you learn more, and you get more information and more knowledge, there's more onus on you to take action and, and I think thinking about stuff, like, because I think this is what happens. I mean, I know, I know I've experienced this for me is like, the more I learn about writing and filmmaking and all that stuff, in a sense, the more of a higher standard I hold myself to, but then in a way, the less action I make. I mean, because there's, you become less... crushed a little bit under the weight of your own, yeah, of your own sort of ambition, I guess, but yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, trying to get it all right is really just, it ends up paralyzing you. And I think that, you know, um, I think when I when I do my best stuff, it's when I'm just willing to try it and see and uh, make mistakes. And then, you know, eventually something kind of comes out of it all. But, you know, if you don't ever even write it, you know, like, for example, and I refer to this script a lot in these last several podcasts, but this script, The Burning Blues, that I wrote. When I initially wrote it, I never expected that I would get like a half a million dollar investment and possibly more. And I never expected all this stuff would come out of it. When I wrote it, all I wrote, I remember I wrote this in my journal and I still have it. I could show you right now. But I wrote, I want to make this little, this little film. It'll be a feature. It'll be about an undercover cop. It'll be a very personal story. And I even had this idea that it would just be this little thing, maybe for a hundred thousand dollars, you know, I'd get some investors together, we'd make it, do it independent, whatever, yeah. you know, like not, not that it's not independent now, but do it in that very small scale, whatever. And that was my initial plan. But the thing is, is I just thought about it. I did it. I didn't even know how to write an undercover cop. I actually knew very little about, um, police officers and whatever. And I just said, I'm just going to write it. And so I wrote it and lo and behold, you know, now like, talk, I'm literally talking with undercover cops. We're having discussions about, you know, like for example, this one undercover cop, this is amazing by the way, an undercover this, cop. And yeah. You don't got to tell me this is no, great. This is great. He, uh, and I won't say who, but they made one of the biggest drug busts or not drug busts. Uh, it was like a gambling bust, um, in the lower mainland Vancouver. Right. And he, w- there was literally like, I'm talking piles of cash. You know what I mean? Like, like stuff you would just see in movies. You wouldn't yeah. even believe. And they made this bust. He wasn't the undercover cop, but he was one of the guys who, because undercover cops are supported. I didn't, I had no idea about this when I started writing yeah. this. I had no idea. Anyway, um, you know, and they showed me this and it's like, had I never written that script, I'd probably never be having this discussion. And you know what I mean? And like amazing things that I've uncovered and learned about and exposed myself to yeah. simply because I went out and took action. And you know, and I think like, you don't need to have all the answers in the beginning. And I think this is kind of where you were going with it. You don't need to have all the answers in the beginning. You know, sometimes having all the answers makes you feel like you need to get it perfect. And then, you know, you just know a little and, and you just try it, just try it out. You'll make every, you'll do everything wrong. Fine. You'll yeah. Figure it out later. But people do like to be able to look at something. They like to actual, 
Because everybody talks. You know, people talk about, we should make a movie one day. We should write a script one day. But how many people sit down and actually do it? How many people, you know, go and take the action? You know, and the other yeah. thing is, even if you wrote a script, you know, I go, okay, great, great, I wrote a script. Now let's go to someone who knows more about screenwriting or knows more about this and let's ask them and not like, you know, that's action yeah. too, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, no, I think like we've been, we've been on this, uh, this topic just, you know, on, on the mic and off the mic. Um, but yeah, no, uh, this, this whole thing about, um, getting, getting it right. Hmm. And, uh, you know, you'd, you'd said to me like, just like, Oh, like what's something that you, you know, wish you could tell like your 17 year old self. And it was like, you know, that's, that was, that's a huge thing for me. It's like this whole concept of getting it right and how much, that limits you Hmm. in so many ways. This, this, how this thing, this idea to get something right works against you. And we talked in our last podcast a lot about, um, the rules and knowing them so you can like know how to use them, what they're there for, breaking them and bending them to suit whatever it is that you're trying to trying to do creatively. Mm. Um, and I, I feel like that plays a part in this. I feel like I've lost my train of thought here. (laughs) Well, you know, you know, and I'll pick up there, but I think, um, you'll learn, you learn the rules, you learn all this stuff, you learn kind of what's right and wrong or whatever. And then, you know, you go, you try and like, you know, I think we all have to remember, especially as artists, is that every rule that we think we know, someone put there in place for a reason, but maybe that reason is out of date. Like maybe that, you know, maybe that's changed, but I think at least respecting why that thing's there in the first place. But, you know, we all, most of us, at least, I know I did. I grew up in a school system where it was the grade system. You're right or wrong, pass or fail. You're smart or you're not you know, you're a good kid or you're a bad kid, you know, very black and white, very like whatever. And so if you didn't play by their rules, you were dumb, you were, you know, whatever. And you got these labels and you got these things. And, you know, if you didn't get the answer right, it meant something about you and whatever. And the thing is, you know, there's a Einstein quote, it's something like, um, I'm totally going to mess this up, but it's something about if we measure everybody by the same test, you know, everybody's a genius, but if we measure everybody by the same test, we'll never see it essentially. And the thing is, is that's, you know, that's the thing is that, you know, a lot of the things that are in place, um, are based on like, and they, there's a picture, someone actually posted this recently where they showed a picture of, it was like an elephant, a monkey, a fish, uh, you know, a giraffe or whatever. And they all had to climb a tree. And obviously the monkey's going to win. I mean, the monkey, that's the monkey skill. But then if you compare everybody to the monkey's skill, you know, now the monkeys are geniuses and everyone, every other animal isn't, but every other animal is an expert at what it does. You know what I mean? So, you know, if you, you take any comparison, even with people, it's like, just cause we all kind of look similar, you know, in the sense, like we, we all kind of can do similar things in us in for the most part, doesn't mean that we're all experts at the same thing. You know, some of us are better at math. Some of us are better at science, some at art, some at whatever, some at physical activity, you know, um, so we, we don't really have this. Um, and I think this is a good thing for artists to understand is that we don't really have a good gauge of what is a genius. 
Yeah, and you know? I, mean, I think that even in in all of those different things you're talking about, creativity is is necessary still in all of those. And this idea that we have about having to get something right again, it works. It works against us. You know, like if if people were not if if people always felt limited of, of trying to get things right, I mean, we would not live in the world that we live in today. Yeah. You know, like if everyone had, like if, if from the dawn of time, everyone was just concerned about getting everything right. I mean, our, our whole world would be, would look so different. Like we would, we would probably still be living in caves and and we'd probably like all living caves and huts. Well, yeah, we'd probably be dead. <laughs> no, there's, ex- there's, a good, there's, there's a good argument for that. But I mean, it's like if, if we yeah. didn't have people who who weren't afraid to fail, yeah, to go beyond what we've already established and say, well, why is that? Why can't we do do something else? Why can't we do something more? Why do we have to do it in this way? If we didn't have those people to challenge that, then, I mean, yeah, we'd probably all be dead. Yeah. We certainly wouldn't be recording a podcast right now. No, no. <laughs> I mean, so much of this stuff. You know, it's, uh, I don't know why this thought just came up, but I was thinking about because, you know, one of my great-grandfathers was Captain Cook, who was an explorer, found the Hawaiian Islands, right? Nice. Um, so, you know, sailing and stuff to me is kind of an interesting thing, but... You know, I think about those original sailors who believed at the time everyone's general consensus was the world was flat, and at some point you're going to fall off the edge. Apparently there's actually a new case that people are saying that the world might actually be flat. Oh, really? I haven't watched the video, but I've seen it circulating around. <laughs> anyway, continue. Okay. We'll go with your, 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 well, your you line. Know, okay, but let's just think about this, right? So, I mean, uh, people people somewhat, be- I mean, they believed in sea monsters. They believe in all sorts of crazy stuff, right? So, I don't know how much of this exists, whatever. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, you you know, people were scared to venture outside of what they knew simply because they thought if they went, they would literally just die. You know what I mean? And so someone had to go out and like test that. And you know, when you think of like Columbus or whatever, like a lot of these sailors, like they didn't find the place they thought they were going to find. They found some other place and that was a mistake, you know, but people seem to forget that, you know, that a lot of, um, I think in art, you, you, you venture out into something and you stumble upon something you didn't expect. And it ends up to be genius, but you never planned to be there. And I think it's like one, but you were there, but you were there. And that's what's important. And I think the humility of art is to be like, I stumbled upon something I didn't expect to stumble upon. Um, and I know that I'm getting a lot of recognition for it, but being humble enough to admit that you never planned to get there. Yeah. You still found it. You still discovered it. Brilliant. But you know, if I think it's more healthy for you to not let your ego get in the way and try to like, be like, Oh yeah, I planned to do that. It's like, the almost the accident, the mistake you made is what, you know, you stumble upon genius in yeah. a sense, you know what I mean? Like anything, like all of, yeah, because in some ways, if it's all just premeditated, then it's all contrived yeah. in a way. Yeah. You know, like, so it's maybe the, it's the openness and your availability to, to accept what might come your way. Yeah. 
right? Like that's, that's in some ways, I guess, a bit of a cure for the whole getting it right. Because if you're only concerned with getting something right, then you're going to miss those little gifts that come your way. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like venturing into the unknown. Yeah. Well, it's funny when you're saying I was, I was watching, uh, I was watching, uh, the second Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I, I like to watch those flicks like, like every now and then I like to throw them on because like the first three, the yeah. first three, um, cause there, there's, there's something that's really quite incredible about those movies. The fact that they were quite so successful, it was like a weird, that was a weird ballsy move from Disney. It's like, <laughs> let's just do a movie about an uh, old ride that's in our park that has no story or concept behind it other than pirates. <laughs> yeah. But they did a, they did a pirates movie and they're, and they're, they're, um, they're very sort of wondrous kind of movies, but I was watching it and I was like, wow, it's so incredible that there is some truth in all of this. Like I'm sure they based some of the stuff that happens on, on real stories and also on the real experiences that, you know, a lot of these sailors would have had where it's like, you're, you're sailing up onto an island that maybe nobody's ever been to, or at least nobody like in the sort of the documented history has been to, right? Like you don't know what you're going to find there. And sometimes there were, there were tribes of people who would kill you and eat you. Yeah. Right. Like that was what was potentially out there for you, (laughs) but there are people who dared to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think like, I think that's the beauty with, with like art, especially is because, you know, for most of this stuff, you're not, you're not going to die. And that's, that's the reason why we should take such great risks or consider taking such great risks because I mean, you know, yeah, you might face some humiliation. Yeah, you might face some embarrassment. Yeah, you might make a mistake publicly in front of everybody and whatever. But at the end of the day, you're probably not going to die. And the, you know, the risk reward, you know what I mean? If you stumble upon something, like I think about like Johnny Depp in that role. Like they didn't, the producers didn't want him to do it that way. They were up in arms. Yeah. You know, same with uh, apparently Heath Ledger when the way he did uh, the Joker, Joker. you know, whatever, you can name these, these things, right? And so if they never tried it, if they never went and trusted that this was something, you know, and I think it's not just about, I'm going to go do this. So I come up with something new, but there's something in me that, and, and I, I'm totally projecting cause I have no idea and I've never had conversations with them about it, but I can just say from my own experiences that a lot, I think with art, a lot of time there's just something in me and I feel like I want to try this thing and I want to do this. And you, and for whatever reason, you have enough confidence to, to go out and dare and do it. And, you know, you do it and, and there's something that's really special that comes out of it. You know what I mean? And I think that when you try to get everything right, you're, you're like, you're kind of always copying what someone else did. They already paved the way for you. When you try something new and you go into the unknown, I mean, you don't know if it's going to work or not, but you're taking a risk. You're going out there. You're, and I think that, yeah. I mean, but the I, thing is that, that, that again, I, I feel like there's only so wrong that can steer you. Mm-hmm. And that's in a lot of ways, the, the only way that you can work. 
Like that's one of the things, again, uh, this is one, one of the big messages that I try and teach actors is that it's like, it is through that, like it's uncomfortable. It's extraordinarily uncomfortable to give up your sense of control over how this scene is going to play out and how you're going to do it. And to instead say, it's like, okay, I know where I'm coming from, but now I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I, what it, but whatever's going to happen to be present for it and truthful to it. Yeah. And you know, like maybe, maybe you might go a little off the rails at some point, but there's usually, there's something coming up. Like there's something that's going to happen. That's like, if you're, if you're, if you're open to it, if you're present to it, it's going to do something that you didn't expect. That's probably going to be so incredible and, and wonderful and alive for us to see. And that's in some ways the only place to work from. Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I can speak from personal experience here as well. You don't know what's going to happen in your life. You don't know if people are going to die early. You don't know if the, the partner you're with is going to leave you. You don't know if you're, you know, your parents are going to be there treating you well. You don't know if you're going to have your best friend for the rest of your life. You don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know if you're going to lose your job. You don't know anything for sure. But we like to create this whole pretend world where we can count on things and we believe that things will work out forever and they'll be this way forever. And we like to, we like to try to set up our world in this very safe, structured, predictable way. And, and it makes sense from a survival point of view that we would want to do that because we want a certain amount of predictability. We want to be able to count on things. But the world is not necessarily like that. And you know, live enough life and you start to experience that somewhere, probably, especially if you push yourself, you know, especially if you want more. And I think with, with art, I mean, it's like that, you know, if you, you know, there are no guarantees, there's no safety. And, you know, and there's even that saying in the industry, you're only as good as your last job, half true, half not true. But you know what, you never really know. But the thing is, is like, you gotta, you gotta, I think, look back into your truth and like, just be honest to that. And like, you gotta, at some point, I think you gotta choose truth and what you really want over this need for safety and security, because safety and security can let you down. But at least one thing that I, that I feel very confident as about is your truth, your internal integrity of who you are as a person, no matter what you do, no matter how it works out in the external world, that will never let you down. Yeah. That's like, that's the one thing you have in the world that's 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you, you wrote, uh, you wrote a blog post in the New Year's and you sent it to me. It's fantastic. It's, uh, Brandon Colby Cook at Word, like, dot WordPress. Oh, yeah, Brandon Colby Cook dot WordPress Press dot com. com. Thank you. Uh, for the plug. And no problem. <laughs> no problem, bro. <laughs> bro. Uh, Bro's you, cute. you, um, <laughs> you, you, you touch on one the, the, the main thing that I got from it that I really, that I really loved about it was you talked, you were talking directly about resolutions and about making resolutions and people who knock making resolutions and this and that. And one of the, the, there's a, there, it's like, it seems like a subtle difference, but it's a very important distinction actually to me. And you said, he's like, you know, most people approach their resolutions as something to get. And how often 
we treat our whole lives like that as something to get. We have something to get. And what you were saying in this post was that it's like, no, this is about something to be. Hmm. Who do you want to be? Like, you know, if you, if you want to lose, you know, 20 pounds or whatever, there, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're looking at that as something to get, well, maybe you get that, but then what? Then what? Hmm. Have you really changed who you are? Mm Mm-hmm. Because if you haven't changed who you are, then you're going to put that 20 pounds back on. Mm -hmm. So there's a deeper level in which you wanted everyone to look at the way that they were approaching the things that they wanted to do for the new year. It's just like, make this about who you want to be as opposed to what you want to get. And ultimately, that's going to serve you on a grander level. There's something I, I completely have missed what, what you had said something that, that spurred that on. It's like, Oh, this reminds me of your, your blog post that you did. Well, but just like, yeah, it's about the, it's about in your art and what you're, and what you're creating, you know, it's, um, there's, there's, I don't know. I guess I'm seeing that there's, there's a lot of similar similarities in that mentality, useful similarities where it's just like, if you're looking at it from a place of, of to get something as opposed to what, what you're being with it. Yeah. I mean, uh, it could be anything. I mean, getting could, you know, getting could mean getting rid of something or it could mean getting something. It doesn't matter. But you know, if you're, if you're making your, uh, say I want to get praise or whatever, that's an, that's a total like misleading idea. Like if, you know, um, and I, and I can speak from this person as well. Recognition is fleeting, you know, recognition is fleeting because, you know, you can get recognition for a while. And then the moment you lose it, or the moment someone has something else that everybody else wants, just watch how quickly that shifts, you know what I mean? And, um, I think, you know, in my youth, I definitely loved the temporary rewards of what getting got me. But when you experience the loss of you know, building your life around what you get, which is what I have definitely experienced in my life. Um, you realize that getting these things is really not what I'm after. Ultimately, you know, and I mean, maybe, you know, there's other people who are maybe different and maybe they, they enjoy this. That's fine. But for me, I look at it as I want, I want true blue friends and relationships that will last me for the rest of my life. I want to look back at the stuff I've created and I want to be proud of it for the rest of my life. You know, I look, I look at all this stuff and I go, you know, that doesn't, when you, when you look at like what you get from these things, that will always kind of, it it kind of undercuts the whole idea. But if you become, you actually make a change in your life. And I think that, I don't know, I wrote that blog because I mean, I, I inadvertently became more of the person I wanted to be. And then I realized that that was really what I was after. Yeah. And I think that most of us, I think deep down, we really want to be, we really want to be a success. We don't just want success. We want to literally embody it, you know? And I think if you just get success, you, if you get it, you spend the rest of your life worrying about losing it. But if you become success, you can lose it. You can have it. It doesn't matter because you you are it. You know, you can always get it back. Yeah. It's always within your, you know what I mean? It's interesting. It's like, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's a state of mind. Right. In a way. 
mm-hmm. that you're that you're putting. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting things. Mm-mm. I I feel like getting things has its own sort of um, subconscious uh, motivation to it. You know, like that. There's something about getting certain things, about getting a car, getting a house, getting this that that stimulates a certain part of us mm-hmm. um, to to move to action. And that's great. But if that's the ultimate goal, I mean, there's, there's an emptiness to that. And there's, you can see that all over the place. People who seem to have it all yeah. and turn into complete train wrecks. Totally. You know, it's like, it's like, well, they had probably because to a, to a degree they haven't, they haven't learned a way of being. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that uh, money doesn't change people. It just brings out more of who you really are. And, you know, I think a lot of people in the world, um, they, you know, they want more money because they think that that will give them everything they want or whatever. But the thing is, is that whoever you are right now, given more money, given more power, given more freedom, given more everything of what you want, will just give you more of who you are being right now. And you don't, money literally doesn't change you. It just gives you more access. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, the problem is, is that we also, not only that is if you have destructive tendencies where you use money or you use your power or you use your freedom to do things that are self-destructive or destructive to other people, you'll probably just do more of it. And the other problem is, is that if you define yourself by that money or that success or recognition, which I know I have, and you lose it, I can tell you it is devastating to who you think you are as a person because you defined yourself by that stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're, and I mean, I don't, I hope that, you know, everybody doesn't have to go through this lesson, but you know, I did where you're left with nothing and you're left with less than nothing. You're actually owing. And you have yeah. to, you have to go, well, well, do I carry on? And if I carry on, what's the point of carrying on? And you realize, you know what? Um, cause there's a point where I realized I was to, and it's getting personalized, I guess, but I realized that if I gained all this stuff back, it wouldn't matter because I could never unsee what I saw. I could, and, and you know, it makes me emotional when I think about this because I can never unsee the friends I thought I had that walked away when I couldn't give them what I was giving them. And I didn't realize that I had built friendships based on me giving them something as opposed to them genuinely caring about me. And that, and they say like, part of the problem is, is that the whole, your whole experience of life is projective. So if you truly care about somebody, you assume based on projection that they feel the same way you do about them. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy when you are, when you're with money to very much project onto people and pretend that the money you're giving them isn't really what's, or not money or just opportunity or whatever it is. And you realize, well, like, what's the point if that's what it is, if it's this shallow, if it doesn't mean this. And the thing is, is I think when you really, like when I really started to find my true friends was when I was down and out and I had nothing to offer. Yeah. And then you start finding out, you know, and, uh, you know, this about me. I mean, I grew up that massive beard and I was doing that role, whatever. But I mean, you know, I, I looked like, <laughs> I looked like a homeless person. And you know what, when I saw certain people who just looked at me, I, and you can see it, you know, I'll tell you another thing actually. And this is, sounds like a sub, sub, sub subject, but it's not 
for an acting class. I did the Born on the Fourth of July, and I decided to roll around in a wheelchair for a month. Pretty much every moment I was out in public, I just did it. And the way people looked at me when I was in the wheelchair, and the way they looked at me when I walk around normal was different. And I got to experience that firsthand. And I can tell you that when you see someone who actually looks at you and they see past whatever your physical thing is, it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an, a magnificent thing. And, I, and it taught me about humanity. And what I realized through this whole experience of losing a lot of what I had was I realized that there were people in my life who truly did look at me. And you could say that's projective too, but consistency of behavior, character, the way people show up, the way that they call you just to check in to say, hey, how you doing? You know, whereas the people who only got from you, you know, they're only there when you're up and, you know, whatever. And even when you're up, you know, uh, experiencing people say, saying bad shit behind your back while you're up and kind of shrugging that off, like water off a duck's back. That's okay. That's all fine. And you know what? I look back at my old self and I think, who, who was that guy? That guy was like so lost, you know? And I think that's, I mean, who you're being at the end of the day transcends all the stuff that you have. And you start to be more honest with yourself. You start to be more honest with the people that are around you. That's it. I mean, it's a hard lesson to learn. It's, no, absolutely. But I mean, it's, you know, there's a degree to which I'm sure it's like, you, you know, like you, you went and you tested something, you sure. know, and you didn't necessarily know. It's sort of to, to bring this almost back to our, to our subject <laughs> in a way, but it was like, you know, you, you learned something. Yeah. You learned something. Ultimately you went and you created something around you in your life. Like you created that. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you created these people around you, you created, you know, these, these situations and then you got, and then some, and you made some mistakes, mm-hmm. right? You made some mistakes in there, but ultimately it served you. Yeah. Well, you in know, a weird way you raise a good point because what if I had never gone out and done the things that I'd done? What if I never dared to try? What if I just said, you know what? I'm not even going to try. And I never did it. Well, I mean, who would I be for that? You know what I mean? And you know what? I look back because in my early 20s was where a lot of the things started to go up. And I look and I go, uh, well, I'm glad I did it. I learned. You know, uh, you're right. I mean, I made a lot of mistakes. I mean, I did things from trying to get a lot. But I, I don't, like, I think it's one of those things where if you could learn to to focus on who you're being and value that, before you focus on who you're getting, I think that's ultimate. But if you're just focused on getting right now, just don't fear the consequences of that. Just, you know, go and and take action, period. Because I think, um, you know, it's better to take action than to hide behind any of this other stuff. But if you can do it from a place of who you want to be as opposed to what you want to get, I think you'll, you'll, you'll have longer lasting success. You'll build better things around you. At least that's my experience. Um, Again, though, but I'm just as guilty as anyone. I went out and I tried to get. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm right. I watched this, um, this documentary of, um, about Neil Young. Yeah. Uh, for all those who don't know who Neil Young is, shame (laughs) for shame. (laughs) Uh, but it was, I, I was very inspired by him. I mean, he, 
he strikes me as a guy who's been, you know, maybe a little bit selfish in parts of his life, but you know, that, that's his, that's his story and his mistakes. And he would probably even admit to that. But something that was staggering to me was he's done some really bizarre stuff, like in in his musical career. <laughs> he's done some really bizarre stuff. But he's, I don't know, like, I and I don't know if he's had this mentality ever since he was like a young 20-something making music and being a success. Um, but he, in this one interview years later... And it struck it struck me as being a mentality he's had for a long time, where it was just like you know like I've made, I've made the music that I have made because it's the music I wanted to make. And some of them were successes, some of them weren't at all. He's like I I've and he's like but I've like he in a way he's like I've always known that, hmm. I've always known that some of them were going to do well. Some of my albums were going to do well, and some of them weren't. It didn't change what he was doing. Right. It didn't change the person he was being. Right? And he's had a career that's still going. Like, he's still making music to this day. He's still doing concerts. And, you know, a lot of his, um, a lot of his peers, especially in that time, they didn't, they didn't make it. You know, a lot of musicians around his time didn't, didn't make it. They imploded. Right. Right. But he had a way of being that, you know, as much as he, from what I gather, he probably, you know, irritated some people to a large degree. He always knew that it was always all about the music for him. Hmm. It was always about that and his integrity in that. That's amazing. And to this day, he's still he's still going right with the knowledge that, you know, he's going to have his successes and he's going to have his failures still. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, I think, I think ultimately with this whole idea of, of, um, being the, the benefit of it is that you're willing to make mistakes. You're willing to do things that aren't about, you're willing to do things that aren't going to be determined by what you get or don't get out of it or yeah. what you lose out of it, you know, or trying I, to be right as right. opposed to like a, kind of what sure we or right on. or wrong yeah yeah um and i think uh i think there's a value in considering like what you can lose and what you can get i don't mm-hmm. think that you, you know i don't think you just want to throw that out the window but oh, certainly but i do think that if you if if you factor in who you want to be in the whole process um i do think that that does that does help you a lot with your art because it makes it more about your ideals and your standards as opposed to what everyone else thinks about you and what everyone else is going to give you. Um, and I think there's a lot of times where, you know, sometimes you might, I mean, the other thing too is you're not, anything you do, you're not really exposed to the whole world. You're only exposed to your social circle. So your social circle might not agree with what you're doing, but there might be a whole world or or a whole new social circle that thinks what you're doing is absolutely amazing. And so if you are limited to your social circle too, you know, and what you get from them and how they respond to you, then you're very limited by their perception, right? And I think that, you know, deep down in all of us, if any of us want to be artists or if any of us want to do anything more than just get by and survive, we have something in us that 
you know, we have our own truth, our own experience of the world. And I think that, I think that's kind of what we're talking about is, you know, you got to trust that and maybe the world doesn't like it all the time, but at least you're trusting that it's you, yeah. you know, at least you're trying to do something like I, I remember early when, like when I was a young, younger person, a teenager and wanting to be an actor. And I remember, I remember my mom asking me about whether I would do nudity <laughs> like whether whether I would like go on camera like and just be naked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hanging out there for all the world to see. And and I said no. I said no no no. I I I wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> like it was like this thing because like oh my god, like people would see me like my family and this and that and like all of these all of these external things that I was saying, oh, this is the reason why I won't do it. But now, like this situation hasn't happened, but like, if there was like a good reason for me to be, to be nude in a scene, I would do it. Yeah. Like no hesitation, not a problem. Right. But it's just about who that, that has more about who, who I am and who I want to be and what I want to do in my, my art as opposed to some sort of other influence and, and in a way what I want to get, like, do I want to get approval? Do I want to get security, safety, all of this stuff, right? It's acceptance or whatever. Yeah, totally. Or I don't want to lose the acceptance I have or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think that's the thing is, uh, you know, um, I mean, you read the, you read the first opening scene of the burning blues, for example, and I don't know if it'll stay like this in the final draft, but right now, you know, the, the, one of the comments I got back was like how risky the vernacular was, you know? Oh yeah. You yeah, remember, yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but there, for me at that point, when I wrote it, I said, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to try to impress everybody and try and, you know, I don't know, but I went and I wrote the, I wrote the vernacular, I wrote the dialogue, the way that I felt that would probably best express it. And I took a risk and you know what? It could offend some people and whatever. And at the end of the day, I think that's what you have to do. You know, you have to be willing to, to trust your truth and go out there and you know, you'll get, I think the beautiful thing about all this is you'll get feedback and then you'll get feedback and you can kind of gauge that feedback and go, okay, well, how valid is this feedback to what I did? And then you can kind of gauge and you can kind of, you know, make it better or not change it at all. But at least if you're willing to um, try something, you get to learn and experience the world. Um, But if you never try it, you just never know. Yeah. You know? Um, And and you'll just play it safe. Yeah. And you're never going to create any kind of a ripple one way or the other. I think that's the problem with playing it safe is you never learn. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You don't learn and you don't learn, you don't grow. And I think, uh, I think that where a lot of people's best stuff comes from is their willingness to learn and grow. I mean, yeah. And I mean, the thing is like, if at some point I feel like anybody who's truly, uh, committed themselves to, to some sort of like art or discipline or craft, I think it's like, you know, if you're, if you begin in a way where you're just like, okay, I'm just going to, do this right, you know, like, so as an actor, if you're like, okay, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna break this scene down, and I'm gonna figure out exactly, like, all of these specific technical things, or if you are 
um, a photographer who's just like, oh, how I'm composing this shot specifically and this and that. Or if you're um, maybe a woodworker who's putting together a, you know, a table joint of some kind, right? Yeah. Like you can do it by the books and yeah, you'll, you will make this thing. Yeah. It will, it will make this thing. But at some point, I feel like if you just continue to do that, eventually, eventually you're going to come to a place where you realize you have to, you have to do something more. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, Again, like we talked about this in our last podcast, <laughs> I feel like we returned to we returned to a lot of similar themes, but it's like it will only take you so far. And I mean this on a personal level, like what ultimately you're going to hit a place where you're just like, "Geez, I'm not feeling very fulfilled in this." Yeah. I'm not feeling very fulfilled in this thing that I am doing, even though I am doing everything right. There's a, you know, there's a high that I get when I'm writing a scene and I'm trusting something inside of me I don't understand it's like literally like a euphoria it's hard to explain but when I'm sure you probably experienced it you get on it and you're like I don't even know where this is going I don't know what's going to happen and the body tingles in a sense for me and I and I'm punching out words and I'm like oh this person just said that (laughs) it's like what you know what just happened right and I uh I think you know when I think about like all the way technology is advancing, you know, with like electronics and, and, and AI and all that stuff, like what's going to make us different as human beings from, you know, artificial intelligence is that you, there's no mathematical equation for us in, well, maybe people could argue there is, but um, there's a certain sense of us in which we can, we can think in a sense that's like, that's not controlled. It's not like it's outside of the box. And, you know, the more access and more power we gain to that, the more we can kind of try it. And you know what? We're probably more, more likely to make mistakes and not be precision based. But the thing is, is I think that our lack of precision, our flaws, our impediments, all these things that kind of make us imperfect are actually where art truly exists. And I don't think it's like, Oh, just go out and be a mistake necessarily. Like, go out and just make mistakes necessarily. But the the flaw that we do as humans, in a sense, um, on our stuff is almost what gives it that, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like, you know, if, if something's so perfect, it's almost like you, you almost get to a point where you don't care anymore because there's nothing... I mean, it's amazing in what it is, but then beyond that, it kind of becomes less relatable because I think deep down, every one of us knows we're a little imperfect, we're a little bit flawed, we're whatever, and if we're not admitting it, we're probably just in denial. But I think that most of us, you know... We're a lot bit flawed. Yeah, we're a lot. (laughs) Well, there's a reason why in literary terms, they have minor flaws, major flaws, and fatal flaws. And then they have the whole series of impediments. And then they have the whole series of like internal obstacles and, you know, whatever. And so I think like as human beings, we're just littered with all that stuff, which is what makes each of us so interesting. Yeah. And it's so funny because we use this like language for like, you know, as a, as a writing, it's like an academic sort of (laughs) thing about like writing. It's like, because truly it's a script is a story about, it's supposed to be a story that happens amongst people. Yeah. 
right? Like, even if you are doing something like, like a science fiction, you're working with aliens, the whole idea is still about, like, this thing called life. Yes. That we're doing. And so, like, we... But, like, there's these labels, and, and all it really is, is is it's like, hey, here's an area of focus um, about human life to be aware of. We have flaws. We have big ones. We have little ones. <laughs> you know, like, we have all kinds of gamuts of these things and that's important that you put into a character you know like there it's all these little things it's it it still comes down in essence to authentically creating like creating some sort of a real a real life you know on the page which then becomes uh on the screen or on the stage and to be expressed to an audience who's supposed to feel some sort of a thing for this, right? Like, ultimately, the audience is... You want... Like, the audience is supposed to be changed by the end of a film. Yeah. When you, or at the end of a play. That's that's the goal. It is, yeah. Otherwise, why else are we doing it? Like, What's if the- it's simply just, like... You know, and we've all seen it, because there is a, uh, definitely a surplus of material that we are fed on TV, in the theater, you know, on the stage, of stuff that's just kind of there to be entertaining, but then you walk out and you've completely forgotten what you just saw. Yeah. Which was never the intention of the medium. Ever. It was, like, you know, it was like, I guess now there's stuff that's made with that intention, but that's not where it started. Well, I think that... uh... I think, you know, there's a value in distraction. There's a value in entertainment and all that stuff. And I, I think that, um, I, I mean, I think that's, I, I actually, I, I think it's all fine. I mean, if people want to do that, it's fine. But I think at the end of the day, you look at, you look at what do you want to create and, you know, what do you want yeah. to do? And I think that, I think we want to be in our life just as a person. I think you probably, each and every person, I know I do, I want to be more than just someone's distraction or someone's entertainment. I would like to be someone who, you know, really had an impact on people's life and someone they remembered that they didn't just, you know, walk away from and forget the next moment, you know? And I I think that deep down, we all, we all want to be valuable. We all want to be important. And I think that our importance comes from our truth and what we want to say and, and the shifts that, we make in ourselves that we would love people to make themselves as well, you know? And I think that, uh, I think that's probably where our artist voice, you know, our, our in- voice of integrity comes from is the things that we've learned. I mean, I, I watch parents with their children, you know what I mean? And parents, you know, they, in my experience, seem to want to teach their children the lessons they've learned to help them to be better. Like, how is that different like teaching your children, how is art any different than that? It's the same thing in a way. All the audience members are the children. And in a sense, we're teaching them another way of life from our truth. You know what I mean? And maybe we don't care. Maybe we just want to make the dollar at the end of the day. Maybe that's really our uh, agenda. But um, I don't think so. But I think, yeah, I just think for a lot of us, uh, I think it's really about what what do I want to say? And like, you know, there's so many other ways to make money. Than, yeah, than this. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you know, they always say, like, uh, anger is a superficial emotion, right? It's usually anger is something that's fueled by hurt mm. of some kind or a sorrow or a fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I feel like 
money is also kind of one of these things. Money is superficial. Yeah. Completely. It's like it, we make it so much of a goal for ourselves, but money is really kind of almost a bandage, like, you know, a bandage solution for our problems. Well, totally. Um, there's something I also want to comment on there. Well, what you talking about? We'll we'll continue on. Do you have a thought? Th- think about that for one sec, because I was thinking about all the lessons that I've learned about money over the last several years. Was like, and I heard this so many times, is that money doesn't motivate people. And people can argue that point, but at the end of the day, money doesn't motivate anybody. It's what money gets you that motivates you. And those are two very different things, even though they sound the same. And like, when I think about money for me, it isn't that money motivates me. It's the freedom and the power that money gives me that motivates me. Yeah. If I could get the freedom and power without the money, then I wouldn't care about the money. So I know that the money isn't what motivates me. But um, I know that money provides the thing, which is what, you know, which is in some ways what I'm going for. I want to be able to create art and do and write and act and do all that whenever I want. That, which is my freedom and my power is I want to be able to get the things made that I want to be able to get made. And so I know that having more money will allow me to do more of that, but it really isn't, you know, the money is only a part of that in a sense. And I think that we get, we get caught up in, in an idea and we don't look deeper. This is what I think my point is here mm-hmm. is that, you know, money is like on the surface. Yeah, that's what we want. But if you look deeper down into it, why do you want that thing? And you could probably even look deeper into it. Why do you want freedom? Why do you want power? Why do you want whatever else you think money gets you or whatever? And then people might say, well, you know, what I really want is I want to be able to date the person I want to date. Or what I really want is I want the love. Or what I really want is I want a family with someone who really cares about me. Or and you go deeper and or what I really want is I want to feel valuable. And so then money is really if you keep going down the line, it's yeah. really, I feel valuable because I feel money allows me to have all this other stuff. And then you can throw a curveball at someone and you go, well, what if you didn't need the money to have the thing that you wanted? And what if you didn't sudden, need the money to feel valuable? Right. And that comes down to being. Right. comes down to being, which is an interesting thing, right? And then if you're being, if you already feel valuable, how scared are you to make mistakes? How scared are you to try? You know? No kidding. Right? So then then I think this is the, I think this is the integrity of art is like when you, when, when you connect to that, you realize that getting paid for your art isn't, or getting the recognition for your art isn't the validation. What does the recognition get you? You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, um, you know, in my youth, my, my misunderstanding was changing or chasing superficial things, you know, and not thinking they were superficial, right? And I think that we all struggle with that. And you know what? I would even, I, I would dare to say that even right now, I'm still chasing things that are superficial. I think they're deeper than the superficial things I was chasing. But who knows? Maybe one day I'll get down to the point where I'm really at my core. But I think that's, in a weird way, your art all comes from your core. And like we have this disconnection because we focus on surface things that don't go, we don't look past them to see our core. Yeah. That makes sense. But until you actually get down and you explore it, you can never really know no. what it is that you want, right. what you want to do. So again, it's like, we, yeah, you've got to be willing to fail and, and not see failure as being this horrible, horrible thing. Yeah. Maybe just self-discovery. Self-discovery. 
Yeah. Exploration. Yeah. Experience. Expression, right? Well, you know, and you think about it like <clears throat> how many people, you know, and it's like, I think it's kind of like a trendy thing to say like these days, oh, I don't really want to be famous. I don't really want to, you know, be whatever. And I, I, I feel like I a lot, lot of people saying that. I know. And I feel like a lot of that's kind of, I think some of it's true, but I think a lot of people say it kind of from a BS thing because it's like kind of one of those things where it's almost not in to say you want to do that anymore. Right. But, um, I think the thing is, is if you were to become super famous and you were to become a, a, a big person who everybody, an A-list actor, an A-list director, A-list producer, whatever, if you think about it, you have a massive responsibility now about how you shape the world. Cause a lot of people are looking to you. A lot of people are, are listening to you and what you create makes a difference in the world. And I think people like the idea of the position for what they'll get, but they don't like the idea about who they'd be like the amount of responsibility and stuff that you would have if you were in that position. And I think that if you start focusing on who you would be, if you were there, like, what would you do? How would you be an example for everyone else? I mean, and to think that you have no effect on everyone else. I mean, that's just ignorant. Like everybody's watching you. Everybody's watching like, you know, Brad Pitt, Johnny Depp, I don't know, you name them, right? Yeah. Justin Bieber. Everybody's watching you. Right? You know, I used to always think, I used to think that, you know, it was, it was a little bit, it was a little bit bullshit when, um, when people used to say about like a lot of, you know, celebrity that it's just like, Hey, you have a responsibility. Right. And I used to think it's like, Oh, that's garbage. They shouldn't have to do, you know, like anything they should just be able to be, but it's weird. My, perc- my perception has on that has shifted quite a bit. Because yeah. now I'm like, no, you do have a bit of a responsibility. You know, this is this is kind of part of the life that you've chosen. You know, and you are in a place of influence and a place of power, and there is a responsibility with that. And to say that you you're not responsible for any of it is just like, well, I guess not. Like you are not responsible for you know how kids are being raised, you know, by their parents. Definitely not. But you are still responsible for what you're putting out in the world. Yeah. You are responsible for that. You are responsible for the messages that you are sending. Yeah. And if you're being, you know, I'm not going to list any names, but anyone could probably think of any sort of someone that we would think of as setting a bad example, you know, or people who are being self-destructive, in, in the public eye. Well, you know, you, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, that's, you are responsible for that. Yeah. You know, you don't even have to be a celebrity to make a bad example. Definitely. You know, like, you know it's just go to a public place and, and watch, you know, someone will pull out their cell phone and just check yourself. Do I have an urge to pull out my cell phone? And I, I, I would not be surprised if you do because we watch other people and we see their behavior. And the moment we see it, we, test, we actually ask ourselves, what do I want to do that right now? And if it feels more comfortable, a lot of time we will. And so, you know, it's really interesting. I'll do this. Sometimes I'll go to a cafe and I'll just, just do this. This is a test and I'll pull up my cell phone and I'll be pretending I'm looking at it. And I just kind of check around to see if other people start pulling out their cell phone. And you know what? They start doing it. And I find, wow, I just led everybody to pull out their cell phone and they don't even know what happened. 
But when they were looking at me and they saw me on it, it gave them the thought and they did it. And so that's how much power we have in the world. And I think as artists, because we're going to be in the public eye, you know, um, whether we like it or not, people are watching us and they're going to do as we're going to do. And so in a lot of ways, you know, they say celebrity is more of an icon now than like just about anything else in the world. You know what I mean? So people model this. And so, uh, I think that's, you know, when you go back to who do you want to be in the world, you know, as opposed to what you want to get, I think you can have and get all the stuff you want to get. That's great. But when you get all that stuff, who are you going to be when you're there? Um, is even, it's even more important in a sense, because now who you're being and the way you're being in life, people are watching that and they're going to do as you do. And so do you want to lead people down that path? I don't know. That's, I I just think these are good things to consider, but I think ultimately they give us more, um, more of an internal peace, especially because, you know, we're not all going to be celebrities, right? Yeah. And, and, but we can still understand that we're all pretty important. We all still have an impact in the world. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and it's important to be aware of that. Yeah. I think um, to be aware of, um, of, of the power that we have to affect others, yeah. you know, and, and what that is, you know, it's like, and, and within that to be like, okay, so how, how am I acting in my life? How am I acting in my life? And how am I acting in ways that are, are for me that I, I can see are like, this is not something I want to be putting into the world. This is a, maybe a behavior of myself that I don't agree with. You know, right. And yeah. I should do something about this. You know, it's like, I will do something about this because this is, has an impact on whether it's just like, you know, your just your family, your friends, you know, like any, the people who are, you know, on your, uh, you know, your commute to work in the morning. Right. Or if you are somebody who is in the public eye, who is being, sort of watched and monitored in a, you know, as weird as that is, it's celebrity weirds me out in so many ways. (laughs) Um, but it's like, you know, that, that has an impact and to just pretend like you don't have an impact doesn't make it untrue. No. Yeah. (laughs) It's like head in the sand. Yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're behaving in a way because of, you know, you know, because your publicist is telling you, it's like, oh, this is getting, you know, like a lot of things. You, if it's not something that's of integrity and you're still, and you don't think it is either, but you're doing it because it's getting you attention, Donald Trump, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, then it's like, it's like, then you're, you're almost even more of an ass than, than like, if you were at least actually that person, there's more respect in that than just pretending to be that person for attention. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I might be, a, be, am I being a little bit vague on this point? Well, no, I think, I think you have a good point. I mean, I think, uh, I think at the end of the day, we all, I don't know, we all get to just look at like, if you don't like who you're being in the world, and even if it's getting you what you want, you still have to face yourself in the mirror at the end of the day, and you will never ever, no matter how hard you try, avoid that. You can, you can try to sedate yourself. You can try to distract yourself. You can try to do all these things at the end of the day. And if you don't like who you see at the end of the day, 
You're Brandon's at the end of the day a lot. Yeah, but at the end, it's at the end of every day. You know, you lived your day and you looked at who you were. And the thing is, is you can you can, you can start to be who you want to be, and you can start to look back at the damages you've done in the world. And we've all done damages because we've all not known. And you can start to repair the stuff you've done. You don't have to go around apologizing to everybody, but you can start to go. You know what? I made a mistake. I was doing things this way. It wasn't the best way. At the time, I thought, you know, I thought I was on the right track, and I realized, you know what? I realize now I'm not. And the, having the humility to admit that is not only going to make you more whole in your life and, and probably build a lot of great habits, but I think it's going to make you a better artist, you know? Because how many artists have gone down the road and achieved celebrity and done themselves in? You know what I mean? Like, that's a product of, that's a product of self-destruction, and self-destruction usually comes from a product of, deep down, I hate myself. Deep down, I don't like who I am. Deep down, I don't think I'm valuable. And deep down, I'm not willing to admit the stuff that I've done that has been totally just destructive and terrible in the world. You know, I I think. But, uh, you know, or they're carrying on some burden from someone else's life. But you know what? Yeah. Is look at that. If you're carrying someone's burden from someone else's life, let's just say you're blaming someone. You'll say, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong. It was my parents. Well, just think about this. You're a parent to someone else, whether you're a parent or not, and they're carrying your burden on. And so if you, even if you're blaming someone else, that's still that blame is you at the end of the day because you're carrying that on to someone else and do you want to do that? And I think the only way you can do it is stop the buck with you. Just go, you know what? I'm going to start living my life and being the way I want to be. Yeah, well, because the thing is like the moment that you know, Yeah. that's the thing, you know? It's like the moment that you know about what you're doing, despite where that might be coming from, maybe it can't like, you know, you, there's a, there's something that you're doing or not doing in your life. And, you know, you started doing that because of something that happened to you, you know, when you were, you were a child, you know, there's no reason why you can be expected to know that at that point in time. But if you are aware of that now in your life, well, then there's no, there's no excuses in a way. No. You know, like as as much difficulty as there might be with breaking old patterns and behaviors, if you know then you can do something about it. Yeah. You don't have to continue on that path anymore. Now it becomes a choice. Yeah. As opposed to before it was it it was something that was placed upon you. Yeah, it might have just been ignorance at the time. But exactly. Yeah. But the moment you're not ignorant about it, you have a responsibility. Totally. I think we've you, gone off on a really crazy tangent it's here. Been, yeah. No, it's great. We made we've, a lot of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> everybody's made a lot of mistakes and that just comes from living. If yeah. you're living, you've made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. You've made a lot and, of mistakes. And that's all right because everybody else has too. I think that's where the, you know, and I think if we're going to wrap this up, I think that's, you know, that's the point I want to say at the end of the day, you know, your, your art and your, and whatever you're doing it doesn't come from your idea of what's right to do. It comes from your mistakes. It comes from your willingness to go into the unknown and try something out and see what happens. And I would argue that more often than not, you're going to make more mistakes than you're going to do right. But the beauty is in art, for some reason, we actually often look at mistakes as the beauty. And that's the weirdly wonderful thing about it is that if you try to do everything right in a way you've done everything wrong and if you're willing to make mistakes, um, I think there's actually a lot more you end up quote unquote doing right because that's really what people want to see. Cause the mistakes, the, you know, uh, 
I don't know. It's just there's it, a beauty in it. Yeah, there's, I mean, a... there's like it's funny because you know how many times have has everybody heard in their in their life you've got to be willing to make mistakes. And I'm just like as you're saying this, I, I I'm just getting sort of a, a perspective on it is that it's not like it's a thing where it's just like you're going out trying to make mistakes. No. It's, but it's being okay with their, like you go, because truly you go out trying to do something well. Yes. You go out trying to do something to excel. Yes. You know, and, and, and really put something great out there, but being okay with the fact that a mistake might happen in there. Yeah. And the thing is that your ability to accept your mistakes when they happen, to be able to to acknowledge them and be able to own your mistakes. You know, really, really say like, yes, I did. That's, that's what, what you really want to be. That's really where the place you want to be in mm-hmm. is where you can at least claim them. Right. Not that you are trying to make a mistake. No, right? you're not trying. You're, you're not trying, trying you're to be thing. destructive. You're, you're trying to be creative. Can. Yeah. You know, but also you're trusting that something inside of you wants to do this thing. You're not basing it on someone else did this right, so I'm going to copy them. But I'm trying to do this thing that I feel I want to do to the best of my ability, and I'll find out, I'll explore, I'll experience if it works out. What were the three E's that you started with? It was exploration, experience, and expression. Yeah, and I think that's that's exactly what we're ultimately talking about here, is that you go out in the world, you try to do the best you can, and to have all those three E's, I mean, that's really what this is about. It's like, you're going to make mistakes, but that's what's going to give you the experience. And that's going to, you're going to express yourself. You're going to try. Yeah. You know, and I, that was a great final point. And there's, and there's no reason to beat yourself up for the mistakes. No, just learn. From absolutely. Them. Absolutely. No reason to beat yourself up for the mistakes. No reason to blame yourself. No reason to blame other people. No reason to feel ashamed for it. No. Right. As long as you own your mistakes. Yeah. And I think as long as you go there and you actually have a valid attempt at trying to do something honest, you know, then, I mean, if you make a mistake out of like trying to copy something, I mean, that's different, but you know, don't go out and copy, you know, that's like a, you know, go out there and, and, and do the thing that you intend to do as best as you can. And people like it, they don't like it. No one, you know, the whole idea of if it is a mistake or not a mistake, we don't even know. You know, cause sometimes, yeah. you know, sometimes the mistakes you make are going to turn out to be the most perfect thing you ever did. And then no one will call it a mistake. Yeah. So. Well, in the words of, uh, of Bob Ross. Yeah. You said there are no mistakes, only happy accidents. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I like Which it. I always liked. Yeah. It is very froed out hippie way. <laughs> he was amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's... uh, I think that's it. Let's wrap it up. All All right. right. Have a good one. Tune in next week. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.